clients told me in the very beginning of my uh, career, it told me, Orlin, I see the dollars in your eyes, which are coming to my pockets. Hello, and welcome to the Recursive Podcast. Our next guest has close to 20 years of experience in management consulting and digital transformation. Orlin Dochev is managing partner at Next Consult, an international business and digital transformation consultancy, blending both strong consulting experience with deep IT knowledge. The company has offices in the USA, UK, Switzerland, Romania, Bulgaria, and is partnering with global technology vendors like Salesforce, Tableau, and SAP ERP. Orlin founded Next Consult 13 years ago with the vision to add value to its clients by introducing best practices in sales and marketing. He is also an avid supporter of various educational initiatives. Orlin, welcome to the Recursive Podcast. Thank you very much, Irina. Thank you for the whole team for inviting me here. It's been high time. We've been working together now for almost a year and uh, we've been planning this podcast for a very long time, but I'm very happy that we finally made it. Um, I would like to bring you back in time to uh, the moment where you decided to um, dare on the entrepreneurial path. Before that, you had mostly experience in corporations, in big corporations like Oracle and Microsoft. Can you tell me what ignited your passion afterwards to start your own company? And um, what was the motivation behind this decision? Yeah, it's a very good question. It actually brings me back in time like we are here in uh, this cinema. I mean, when I was uh, young and small. So actually, it's not the first company I'm, I'm establishing. So it's actually the third one or the fourth one. Mm-hmm. But always you're learning. So when I started my career, I was an IT. I was a good IT. I was a programmer and a hardware engineer. And my first company actually was uh, uh, established in the 90s. Okay. So it was called Eagle Electronics. And the idea of the company was that, you know, the 90s, it was like the Wild West. So we are not uh, actually with the mafia. We are not uh, with this big, uh, uh, with this, this big guide. We don't have muscles. We have some some brains here. And the idea was that uh, we can benefit out of it by uh, ins- by installing security, designing and installing security systems. It was a kind of a niche, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I established the company and I invited my uh, a friend of mine, and we started this business. It was uh, 1995, something like this. We started this business, but it was the market was that you should create the security system. You should design it. You should uh, create the all the uh, schemas, the the PCB, the 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 PCBs. You have Mm -hmm. to install it then to support it to maintain it. So it was the first time actually I I was kind of an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. designing all those stuff, and you sell it first to your friends. To, to the family, <laughs> you sell it to everybody who you know. But at this point of time, you don't have many contacts because you are still young. Yeah. So actually, you start selling it on the market. And the most important lessons actually is to learn from the clients. I mean, and to try to position your product and to try to differentiate yourselves by the big players. So when we were students, we were actually doing this business. It was really great, great business because you earned like 200 bucks uh, per month and 200 bucks per month well 
too much money for a student, so you spend them for for one or two evenings, but you are the king of uh, uh, the king of the uh, the pub. So anyway, so this is how we started. This is how I started the business and then the entrepreneurial and the entrepreneurial. Then I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you learn about sales and marketing back then in the nineties? I'm very curious how you know. It was these actually how to deal with clients. I mean, yeah. how to deal with clients because when you go to clients where they are not part of your real, uh, part of your contacts. Mm-hmm. Then you have to sell yourself, and you're young. You're selling security systems. Yeah. Uh, you are the smart guy, so you're going with your tools and going to somebody's house and installing the system and destroying the whole apartment in order to install the security. <laughs> it was very funny back in time. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the most important what, what you learn is that first you have to learn how to how to make it, how to capitalize mm-hmm. your. Uh, how to make money out of what you are good in. Yeah. So I was a good in IT, and we designed, we have two actually versions of the security systems. We were quite smart for, mm-hmm. for this time and for this age to design it. Well, there are a lot of, of course, a lot of uh, wrong decisions which we took, but the most important is how you are positioning yourselves, how, how you are selling, how you make money out of what you're good in. First, mm-hmm. how to differentiate from the rest, and then how to make money out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. what what's the price? How mm-hmm. to what's the cost? I mean, it's not like you go to the market and you are competing with somebody. You're competing with all the big names because we are small, designing a small system in an apartment in Lados, designing everything and producing and uh, mm-hmm. soldering and and so on. Anyway, so the most important what I learned is yes, how to deal with clients and then I I Recognize that I'm not only good in IT. Well, it's not that humble, but uh, I'm also good in sales. Then, then I started working in uh, in. Uh, then I was started working as a because this this job was a kind of a student's job. This company. I mean, you are earning to survive because the market shifted in something. What our market is shifting now. I mean, all the big vendors of security systems they came to the market. Mm-hmm. And it was not that profitable at the time. You should recognize it, of course. It was not that profitable to create and produce and support and maintain. But you're much more profitable if you learn somebody else, let's say, well-known, worldwide established system. Mm-hmm. And you're just using the knowledge you learn, you're trained, you certi- certify yourself. You just use their knowledge to be and to promote it on the local market yeah. and to install it and to put services on top of it. Something what we are doing at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. So you are selecting the best of the, the best. They have they, they established representatives in, uh, in Bulgaria at the time and you start working with them. You're installing and you're much more profitable. Mm-hmm. But soon this business was not connected with IT. It's more like being, uh, being somebody who is going and make the holes in the, the apartment. So actually it was not that funny. So I came back in the IT and I was part uh, of course everybody wanted to go to the to outside to work I had a H1B visit for the United States but most important was that when I um, I started working as an IT as a programmer and I worked in some really prominent companies at the time so I met some people and they said okay we are making a startup it was year 2000 and it was 1999 something like this they mm-hmm. said we are making a startup a new startup they are quite established entrepreneurs at the time with foreign capital I mean Germans German guys yeah and uh, and I said okay why not it's much better to instead of programming and go and uh, be an entrepreneur in Germany so I went to Germany and in Germany I was I was responsible first for 
all the products which we are developing here. We had like 80 people, engineers, and I was a technical director. So I was managing different teams in order to produce a product which will fit to Western market to the Western market. Mm -hmm. It was in the area of home and building automation, somehow connected with the security okay. systems, but how to connect your home and make it visible from outside, not only your home, but also your factory and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. It was very advanced technology at the time. But because I was the technical guy and all the German guys with me, they were sales. So I was, I was the guy from, from Bulgaria, from, from, the, <laughs> from let's say, the ex-Soviet uh, ex world. Mm -hmm. And I was trying, I was, I was there actually, I was like a, a bear when you go to the circus and you show the bear and the bear actually is performing. So it <laughs> was something like this. <laughs> from the Ost block, yeah, you know how it is, yeah. I you know, were from I Austria, yeah. <laughs> you were from the Ost block. And when things were complex, I mean, we, because we were talking with big, we had big clients like IBM, like Clip here, I mean, all those really, really uh, quite old uh, mm -hmm. companies, only Germans. And when things are getting really complex, then I was the guy to explain. So go and explain about <laughs> what we are offering. So this is how I somehow I switched to, to sales. And I, I, I saw that it's actually it's part of the whole game. I mean, you should sell and then you should deliver it, what you are doing. Mm -hmm. And quite often we have you sell it, then you cannot deliver it or you can deliver it, but you cannot sell it. I mean, so it's a kind of a balance in order to be sure. successful. And, uh, and this is what I learned because whatever we were selling in Germany, then we had to deliver it by the board of engineers here in Bulgaria. It was a very complex technology with a lot of electronics, programming on all kinds of levels. But anyway, we were very successful, but as a startup, we burned all the money and uh, we were a, a little bit ahead of the market. Before the market, not ahead, before the market. The market was ahead of us. So, you know, you have Alexa, you have all kind of tools which Zigbee, connecting your home, it's kind of a standard now. Mm -hmm. But 20 years ago, it was a kind of a lux luxury to have, I mean, to to switch on your lights, let's say, abroad, or mm -hmm. your fact in your factory, the machine to require maintenance because the oil is uh, dropping off a certain level. Mm -hmm. It was a kind of a market which was uh, very um, advanced, but not yet. It was not the right time. Yeah. So the market came after 10 years. Now you'll see what is going on with 10 years. Now with all this electricity, uh, efficiency and all mm -hmm. this stuff, we were actually talking, we were having projects with IBM and some other companies about energy efficiencies in superstores by automating all the devices and appliances inside. And then it started with Oracle and Microsoft. So What happened we, with the startup, by the way? With the startup, actually, it, we, when we burned all the money, yeah. so we shrunk. Money was over? Uh, actually, we were. We, it's not. Uh, we had. We had a lot of clients. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, be, being before the market, mm -hmm. we had somehow, somehow to freeze the technology, and this is what we did. We said, okay, we're going to freeze the technology. I was talking with venture capitalists at the time to attracting some capital. I mean, yeah. I was again the somebody to explain the complex stuff uh -huh, at the time. Uh -huh. Okay. I was talking with some uh, venture capitalists, quite well prominent in Germany. Because the guys which I was surrounded with, they were really uh, proven entrepreneurs in Germany. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of connections. And because they had a successful track record, so that's why actually uh, I believed, because I had a share of the company, I believed that it might happen. The other problem was the crisis. Because year 2000 was after the dot-com. 
Yeah. And everybody was like this, investing in money in risky. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, okay, let's freeze the technology. Let's freeze everything. We're going we're gonna, to uh, shrink down. Mm-hmm. And we will shrink up when time is ready. Then we started working on small projects here and there. But I decided to move from Germany because mm-hmm. um, uh, I left the things like that. The company actually maybe survived for a few more years. But then there was another problem with the company that the technology became obsolete. I mean, yeah. technology developed so fast yeah. that we, we were not able to adapt what we have developed to the new technology. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said, okay, I quit. I, I'm returning in uh, Bulgaria because, uh, you know, in Bulgaria, uh, the sun is shining from a different directions. Um, you can't it's explain usually it. the same, actually, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, can't, you can't explain it. You can't explain why you love to be in Bulgaria because you're traveling all over the world, but a lot of us like you, mm-hmm. we, we returned here. Mm-hmm. And even you have a lot of opportunities abroad, again, it's much better. The life is much better here. So I decided to come here. The economy was growing like this, especially the building and construction business. And I said, okay, I'm a good entrepreneur. I'm coming from Germany with a lot of skills. I'm a good sales. Uh, <laughs> and I started, I don't know how many initiatives with friends of mine who are also working abroad. A lot of initiatives. I mean, really, returning back in time, it was uh, a kind of uh, starting whatever is possible in order to make money. Yeah. And I said, okay, you have to, you have to uh, develop your strong parts of you, your strengths, mm-hmm. but not your weaknesses. So better to put effort, put focus on your strengths. And IT and uh, IT and uh, making business with IT was something really. Uh, how, how to say? I think that it's my 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 strength, my strength. Mm-hmm. So I started in Oracle. I applied in Oracle as an account manager, and I started in Oracle. You were Oracle, an account yeah. manager. An account yeah. manager in Oracle. I was responsible for accounts who nobody wants to take them. They didn't expect you to relocate. I remember, you know, at some point I was having just a couple of years in sales in IT, mm-hmm. and all the Oracles and the Microsofts and you know other IT big brands were offering me this relocation packages, you know, to move to Dublin, to Amsterdam, to whatever. Yeah. Another, it's yeah. nowadays. Nowadays it's like this, but yeah. At this, at this time, uh, because the business was growing, this was 2004, the business was growing like this. Mm-hmm. And all these companies, Microsoft, Oracle, all the big names, they established local offices in order to, to, to be represented on the local soil, on I the local, see, yeah, okay. and to get the business. Now they closed the offices or they shrunk down a lot. Yeah. But at the time, the Oracle was developing a lot because all the banks, public sector, I mean, it needed this kind of technologies. We were yeah. hungry from these technologies. When I started programming Oracle mm. on Oracle and writing Oracle applications, Oracle was still forbidden to to sell it in Bulgaria. So it was like Iraq, Iran, Bulgaria, and all these parts of the world. When I started programming on top wow. of Oracle, wow. it was in the early 90s. And at the time when everything actually 2004, before the European Union, the business was starting to grow and they were establishing local offices. Mm-hmm. And I was coming from Germany, applying for a sales position on the local market, on the Bulgarian market. Amazing. And it was, I was very lucky because, uh, yeah, despite of the fact that I was very good, but I was very lucky because I, I, I knew nobody in Bulgaria. I'm sales <laughs> in Germany, but in Bulgaria I knew nobody. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was uh, very lucky because at the time, Oracle, actually, and this is starting my, my journey, which is still now. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, I, I had to be responsible for all the accounts, which nobody wants to take them. 
you know, example, in, in business, yeah. nobody wants to buy technology. Let's say a factory in the city of, I don't know, let's say Pazarjik wants to buy Oracle. It's uh, very small compared to a bank. And you, you were know. doing mostly cold calls in the beginning? Yeah, it's, you are starting with cold calls. Yeah, yes. you are starting with cold calls. Do you want to buy Oracle database? No, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, and all the banks, all the public sector, telecoms, and all these really sexy accounts, yeah. they belong to somebody else, which are making like 95% of the revenue of the business. But then it went a very good opportunity that Oracle started to compete SAP on a global scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oracle had a few clients, uh, two or three clients in this for ERP systems. It was called Oracle mm-hmm. eBusiness Suite at the time. Mm-hmm. And nobody from Oracle and from the IT world, even me, nobody knew what is an ERP system or a CRM system. I'm a programmer. <laughs> I'm a writing guy. <laughs> and, uh, and Oracle started like this, uh, uh, started with this initiative. There should be appointed somebody from the office to do this job locally on the market. Nobody wants. <laughs> so, so, and I said, okay, for me, it's interesting. I have to understand what it is about. And this is how I started. Oracle had three clients roll out. It was Bull Bank at the time, Unicredit Bull Bank, Duna Pakarudina, I mean, mm-hmm. this factory, and some other, I mean, like two or three clients, yeah. one partner. And uh, yeah, and you're starting selling this, which is not localized on the local market. It means not according to the legislation and so on. And always when you visit a client, they say, ah, it's something like SAP. When you're always number two. <laughs> then you have to explain, no, it's not like SAP. It's, it's so much it's better. It's so much better than SAP and so on. And we were extremely successful together. Then we, then one of my partners now, Ivo, he joined at the time. Uh, he was the technical guy. I was the sales guy. So we changed so the you, roles. You switched we, we switched the roles. Yes. So okay. when it's very complex, so Ivo was explaining about because he was um, implementing ERP and CRM systems at the time. So he really understands about the complexity of, uh, of the job. Yeah. And I was more the sales guy. Meanwhile, I got an MBA in order to understand what it is, what is, uh, uh, what it is about. But anyway, so we were extremely successful in Oracle. Uh, mm. So successful that we ended up at 2008, we ended up with, so starting with three clients, with 43 clients. Wow. And starting with one partner, we had 10 partners. So we really developed the business a lot. We made a lot of local wins. I mean, companies which are locally, local companies. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to name, mention the name, but there are a lot of, a lot of local companies and big companies and big organizations where they bought Oracle. Mm-hmm. But all these global corporations, they, they are they tend to go globalized, mm-hmm. which means that if you're not relocating or if you, if you want to uh, stay at this position, your responsibilities are shrinking because there is somebody from the region who is taking over all the region. There is mm-hmm. somebody from another region taking a big region. So the regions are becoming bigger and bigger, not only one country, yeah. but more, many countries. And then I had to fight with um, all this internal politics And uh, this is the biggest problem of big organization. The biggest benefit is that you're learning a lot. The biggest problem is that if you stay for more than three years, you either have to deal with politics and mm-hmm. to somehow to, to make compromise with yourself. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you have to challenge and to do something else. And you are probably also expected to relocate if you want to climb. The yeah, you can ladder. relocate. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I had a proposal to relocate. You, ha- you can relocate, but it's the same. If you want to grow... Yeah. You, these organizations, they, they are designed from such smart people and they're so well um, um, uh, organized and so well established mm-hmm. with a very good business model that the only problem is, I would say, the people inside. Because people, they make politics, 
mm-hmm. bad people are bringing more bad people with them. And it's a kind of internal politics which you have to deal with the organization. If you, if from such an organization you, you fire all the people, maybe the revenue will go up because mm-hmm. it's very, very heavy to maintain this organization that all the people will be smart like Larry and all these mm-hmm. big executives. And especially in our region here, I mean, uh, it's very hard to reach all the senior and brightest minds and to learn from them how to, how to develop your career. But again, I was lucky because nobody wanted to do this business because it's very small. So the office was making, let's say, 90% of the whole revenue in Bulgaria from technologies, where Oracle is strong, mm-hmm. and just 5-10% from my business. But because technology is such a developed uh, organization, uh, my colleagues, which were dealing with technology, they were, let's say, eight levels be- below Larry Ellison. And I was just four. Mm-hmm. So I, my next step was, let's say, France, UK, US. And mm-hmm. their next step is here locally, the market, and then you go somewhere. And Oracle also had a lot of acquisitions. Oracle bought really good companies at the time. Mm-hmm. First, they bought PeopleSoft. Then they bought Zibel, and Zibel was a game changer. These were the smartest, the smartest guys, I would say. And they really understand what is CRM. And all these guys, with all of the, those acquisitions, because they were growing on the other markets, you learn from the top people. Yeah. And then we learned a lot. But because of this globalization, we were somehow, with Evo together, we were somehow seduced by the dark side. So we went to Microsoft. This is how we were calling the dark side. Here I was watching, you know, Star Wars, <laughs> the movie. So we went to the dark side. Usually I hear, you know, the opposite. Like, you know, Microsoft is the good side and then Oracle is the dark side. But I don't yeah. know. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I we guess went it to depends the on, the, <laughs> on the times. Uh, we, were, okay. we were managing the dynamics business. Microsoft is also such a nice and such a good organization and extremely mm. smart people, I mean, to create it. And now it's, you see that these companies will preview whatever is happening. They will find a way how to, to be on top and we learned a lot in microsoft as well i think they became also so good because they had such great competition like oracle for instance and alphabet yeah. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely and uh and uh then yeah in microsoft we learned a lot but you know in these organizations as you mentioned it in order to grow the career you have somehow to adapt to calm down and i believe that if you're not challenging yourself off quite often then you die I mean, it's, I really believe that everybody should challenge himself to mm. do something new, either do snowboarding or, I mean, whatever, kite surfing or whatever, or have something what the brain tells to the body, I need you, so you have to maintain and you have to support me. Mm-hmm. If you stop, then you die. So you have to challenge yourself. And the only challenge, and if you want to challenge, you, you cannot be entrepreneurship, to be an entrepreneur in a company like in a big organization because they don't want entrepreneurs. They don't want somebody to listen to you and really to execute on the way the company goes because there are smarter people there. They put their money, they put their money on the strategy. So that's why in 2010, uh, I said, okay, there is a big gap in the market. And the biggest gap on the market is that all the IT companies, which are in the business of business applications, mm-hmm. they call, go to the client and they say, Mr. Client, how do you want to set up your processes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the client is explaining how it works and they're programming the system. Custom made. Custom made. Yeah. Custom made and they try to replicate from one to another. Mm-hmm. But nobody challenged uh, the process. Nobody challenged the way of operation. Nobody challenged the strategy of the client. 
So and if you have bad processes in your company, then it goes hand in hand with uh, the technology. Trash in, trash out. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's okay. why the market in all those years, what we learned is that only companies who are mature are really successful into implementing uh, a business application. They were successful. And there was one statistic that if you ask uh, a client implemented ERP system from a big um, uh, vendor, mm-hmm. then it was like one of eight is telling that it's really good and it brings the benefits which uh, uh, which were promised in the beginning because you promise when you want to sell you promise the world but in reality it's a simple excel let's say and uh, this was the main reason that we created the company with this idea to focus that the business is driving mm-hmm. and it is following not like the it will help you but let's see how you're doing the business. Let's see whether it's the best way. Or if there is another way around, let's restructure you and then to put the tools in the right, uh, in the right way. But doesn't this imply that uh, you know, the people who are going to implement and integrate the IT system should have a very good knowledge also of the business logic behind it? Exactly. So that's why we needed those, okay. kind, of, those kind of experts. Because we were from the IT, with the old, old IT background. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to create a company which is working in the same operation like well-established partners. Mm-hmm. And then, I, again, we were lucky because uh, Deloitte uh, Management Consulting was closing the, the business in Southeastern Europe for management consulting at the time. Mm-hmm. Because, as you know, it was uh, 2010, again, after the crisis. Yeah. yeah. And they said the market here is very small, so they closed the management consulting uh, practice. And... All the team, I knew them from the business because we were always collaborating with those kind of consultants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believed the same all, uh, also when we were working for these vendors, selling mm-hmm. devices. In order this system to work, you need somebody to understand how the client works. You need somebody who is very good in processes, in, financi- in, uh, in financials, in, in manufacturing, and so all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the time, all of these management consultants from Deloitte now are my partners. So actually, this is how, <laughs> this is how came the, the business expertise. So we actually combined the both worlds. We blended them, the strong management consulting okay. plus uh, IT. That's amazing. So this, this was the long story but short. I guess, you know, behind every successful business, there is some kind of serendipity, you know, that is happening. Some kind of like coincidence of uh, events where you're seeing the opportunity, you grasp them, and then you start developing your business. Absolutely. I think there is also an amount of luck, you know, behind the success stories. Um, so since then, it's been 13 years. And... You went from zero to 500 clients. There are probably right now more than 500. I hope so. <laughs> um, tell me, what were the main drivers for, for this growth? How did you find your niche and how did you manage to develop that to such an extent? Yeah, it's, a, it's again connected with challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never enough. So when you challenge, uh, I don't call it stress. Stress is that you do something what you don't want. Mm-hmm. And then you, it's stress when you challenge yourself. But when you challenge and you do something what you like, it's not stress. It's excitement. It's you know, excitement. By the way, it, it, it is also a question of how do you, um, which word do you use uh, to, you know, name it? You might have a fever, you know, stage fright. Yeah. 
when you go and you have to do some kind of public speaking and when you tell yourself, oh, I'm so stressed, you know, I'm so anxious about it, then it's going to work on your brain and it's going to make you feel even more Absolutely, anxious. Yeah. But if you say, I'm excited, <laughs> let's go get it done, then it actually puts your brain also in a different wavelength. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. Very good example. I, I will use it. Yeah. yeah. And I will quote you. Yeah. Okay. So very you're a example. fan of, ex of excitement, not <laughs> yeah, stress. Yeah, it's excitement. Okay. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. a stress. So and when you start... So there is a reason behind, um, always because now we are the top uh, partner of uh, Salesforce and SAP and all the vendors we're representing. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you, can't be, uh, you can't be focused. The, this is the problem. Well, I really like uh, this. Uh, it was from Tony Robbins. Where the focus goes, the energy flows. Mm -hmm. so, so we changed the focus, but the focus to be not on the industries, not on uh, the tools itself, but to be on how to make clients happy. Mm. So in our mission is actually our main focus. Our mission is like how to make clients more successful. Very simple like that. I mean, you go to the client and you want to make them more successful by knowledge, tools, IT, and so on and so on. And um, in a small market, because the, our domestic market is very small, if you want to succeed, we don't want to export people. I mean, we don't, we don't want to sell people abroad uh, the typical IT outsourcing business in Bulgaria. Body leasing. Body leasing, <laughs> staff augmentation, managed services, whatever they call it, it's like body leasing. It's like the same idea like the slavery 500, 600 years ago. It's the same idea. Mm -hmm. And in order to develop the business, you have to be successful locally, and then you can export the knowledge to sell the knowledge abroad. Mm -hmm. In order to, to do it, uh, you have to be successful in the local market, and the local market is small. If you focus, let's say, on the, on the banking, there are like 10, 12 banks. <laughs> All of them are international, inter international decision-making. We found an opportunity in one of the banks, and we took it, and it's a huge project for us. Then insurance. Well, okay, there are 10 insurance companies in Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. Some, All of them, the biggest one are international, decision-making abroad, but we managed somehow to win mm -hmm. two or three of them, the biggest names. Then the manufacturing. The manufacturing is more, it's more easy, it's easier because there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are manufacturing here and creating the R&D and everything is here and they export products and they are successful worldwide in the area of IT, in the area of uh, home, white good appliances and so on. There are a lot of manufacturing who are doing. It was very easy and very fun to work with those guys because you're always talking with the owner, no politics at all. If, if you b bring value, you're a hero. If you don't bring value, you have really big problems. Because they know <laughs> it's their money. <laughs> and it, yes. we learned a lot. And we have a lot of manufacturing customers. And a lot of customers who are doing this. And I'm talking about the local market. So that's why we have all these different industries and different clients. Because from client to client, you're always jumping. Mm -hmm. And we learned a lot of different business models, personality, a lot of stuff. And then when you go through all those clients, you have to upsell somehow in order to be profitable, to have like, uh, uh, to be focused on the customer lifetime value. I mean, to generate mm. more money from one and the same client. And then we started partnering with more companies, adding more products in the portfolio, but these new products unlocked on other the other markets and so on. Mm -hmm. So this is actually what we did in these 10 years. And growing from 350 clients to... 500 clients actually with that uh, we always believe in partnerships and okay. uh, we are now in a process of uh, merging with uh, uh, with uh, one Romanian company about bringing everything together 
mm-hmm. all the people and so because they are coming from small market even it's three times bigger than our yeah we are <laughs> coming from smaller market than they are okay. but the world is big and we have clients in australia in switzerland in the us everywhere in the world and i would say that we are quite good i mean we are the preferred partner so mm-hmm. we want to be a big to have the critical mass of being a big company exporting top knowledge abroad mm-hmm. based on top vendors and we can be successful all over the world but it's a very expensive exercise i mean opening offices here and there yeah. hiring people here and there so that's why we are growing by partnerships even our company we are now seven partners uh, we are we unlocked the capital of the company to our key people so mm-hmm. there are there are, there are a lot of shareholders now in our company from from our people and uh, we are all partners and uh, we are want our value of the company to grow and if you don't have the money to pay for value you either borrow the money i mean from a from a let's say a bank or mm-hmm. a capital and then you you can deliver more value and you can invest and bring it more value or you can merge and make more partnerships mm-hmm. in order to increase the value which you are delivering to the clients and your critical mass and we decided the second way because if you find soulmates with the same chemistry with products where you have synergies with yeah. then it's better to merge and be uh, uh, be a shareholder of something what is smaller than being a, a small shareholder of big thing instead of big shareholder of small thing and this is what we are this is uh, how we grew so we mm-hmm. reached 350 i don't know more clients and then they added 150 clients as well we were wow. about 70 people they added 50 60 people more mm-hmm. and we are about to establish now one or two more joint ventures in order to become really the delivering a comprehensive portfolio of services with a lot of skillful people and have the critical mass of revenues and being exposed to really complex projects because when you are small you work with you work with small clients even we have big clients but we are working mainly with small clients but when you are big you're really clients <clears throat> you know recently someone reminded me of this uh, of Alice in Wonderland and told me that you know I'm like curb that uh, if i stop running then i don't exist and yep. <laughs> somehow what you said before reminded me exactly of this one so you keep on going you keep on running and developing but my question would be okay uh, but how hungry are you how ambitious are you where is the you know if you have to say this is how ambitious i am and then you make it maybe 50% more what is what would be the goal <laughs> i don't know there is no there is no goal yeah. if you reach the goal if you reach mm-hmm. the goal then you're dead i mean this is how i feel it i mean i don't know what i mean if i stop doing what what i'm doing at the moment okay i would say what's next i mean <laughs> there should be something next <laughs> so, okay now I, mean, i understand the name of the company <laughs> yeah, that, you should do something next, you, know, next? you should challenge okay. yourself with something 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 else uh well actually now we are because we are a service company and uh, we established um uh laboratory an innovation laboratory for because having all those clients and uh learning a lot about the businesses we saw a lot of um, improvements in our clients where we can pack them mm-hmm. and make products and sell it to all over the world then you can scale up quite quickly so we established this we have some really good ideas uh about this so this is what what's next so and it never ends because then you unlock the the global market of the value which you discover which is real value you have the client stories you have the justification you have the skills to develop it mm-hmm. and you can rep- replicate it on a global scale mm-hmm. then 
all those product companies which will follow now will be again a new challenge and not only for me i mean there are all of the people in our company some of they some of them they will start doing this uh they will be dedicated if especially if they did it before in some clients so they can replicate they see what works what doesn't work in order to pack it and to try to reach the global scale so this is the next the next point but it never ends yeah you mentioned or you you called it innovation lab right it's like a like a lab where you start building your own products it's it's uh, like it's okay. yeah we call it like this it's still okay. a working title yeah uh so the The idea is that uh, it's not uh, separated from the company, but we're going to dedicate the person who is with the idea, or we have the idea, or mm-hmm. the people or the team, for one year mm-hmm. to do it. Wow. Paying the salaries, uh, supporting them with sales, and so on. So we were trying to play a kind of a... Uh, are kind of an investors, because we will be investors, but yes. it's going to be in the company, still in the company. If it fails... Uh, which I doubt because it's going to be all of them they will be proven no you would just keep on investing <laughs> so you're investing for, we have a lot of investment projects <laughs> but let's say you invest to a certain point of time and after this certain point of time if, if it fails then it fails but if it if it uh, if it goes up then uh, we're going to make it outside spin and, it off yeah, yeah mm-hmm. spin it off mm-hmm. and uh, all of the people who contributed they will have shares they will manage the business Amazing. and we're going to support them yeah. something like this all of these big organizations they they have it we read a lot of uh, articles how to do it mm-hmm. and how to how not to do it mm-hmm. uh, but it's again it's a it's a new challenge it is and it is. uh you know about i read i was very i was very uh how to say enlightened and uh, impressed by the growth mindset Mm-hmm. What is so the growth mindset is actually when you do something and if it's not successful you say okay I learned a lot you're growing if you say I done it I failed it's not a growth mindset it's mm-hmm. a kind of a static mindset sure. where you never grow and the whole company in our DNA is this growth mindset so you keep challenge if you fail okay I fail I learn I continue I will do it next time I will do it better <laughs> so yeah. it should be like that there should be a certain tolerance for mistakes and failures so that you exactly you know um, learn from the experience innovate and try again and try again and try again I'm I'm a big fan of that as well and uh, I try to nurture this kind of culture in, in our organization but it is sometimes very difficult especially when you're looking at it from the top and you're like oh, okay <laughs> yeah but your team is top yeah. you have a top team I mean ah, uh, thank you thank you so very mates. much um, so mates. Well, we are you know it's uh, like uh, it's always good people are surrounded by good people <laughs> if you are good and you challenge yourself and you're the entrepreneurial style of type uh, entrepreneurial mm-hmm. type uh, personality yeah challenging growth mindset you are actually uh, putting all this into your organization so all of them they have growth mindset because otherwise you would not hire them <laughs> I don't know how you felt over the years because I also come from sales and uh, you know at some point you're kind of getting tired of uh, you know certain situations with customers so uh, I think when I grew older and the became a bit more experienced in sales I felt like from now on I would like to pick my own clients I would like to work with those that um, I have fun with which we resonate on the same wavelength I don't want to make you know compromises with myself and also with my team just in order to get paid for uh, a job done um, and I think if 
our businesses operate all in this way, then we will be supporting exactly, you know, this kind of uh, entrepreneurs and this kind of businesses who share also the culture with with whom we have the culture fit as well. Absolutely. And this is how we're going to support each other. Exactly. Absolutely. Because true. it is yeah. an ecosystem. Um, I, when I was listening to you, I started wondering um, in your line of work, how much is IT? How much is business logic? And how much is psychology? <laughs> because you're working mostly with business owners. Um, and um, I think it requires a different kind of, you know, soft skills in order to convince them. So if you have to develop it like in percentages, how much is IT? How much is knowing the business, understanding the business of the other? And how much is basically being able to talk to a peer? It's a very interesting yeah. question. Never, never thought about it. Mm. But, you know, IT is always following. I mean, okay. IT is a generator of innovations mm -hmm. because we innovate When we step on, I mean, you can't innovate by yourself, or it's very hard to innovate and very expensive to innovate by yourself. Uh, in the service business, I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, in the product, it's a bit different. But in the service business, in order to innovate and to be really on the top of the edge, you have to step on somebody who innovates and provides services. Mm -hmm. This was the example also with 20 years ago with the security systems or even more. Yeah. Uh, so... Actually, the, the IT is the, the innovator. Mm -hmm. I mean, the vendor is the innovator. There are a lot of new tech, new stuff which is coming with all these products, new new tools, new thought leadership scenarios, mm -hmm. which are really uh, powerful. Because if you are an uh, uh, an owner of an enterprise, you work, but you are always behind what is happening because it works. Mm -hmm. It works, you're generating money, you're co still competitive, but if you see it in the long run, then you will see that you're not that competitive because there is somebody who is smaller <laughs> and taking out of out of your share mm -hmm. because they have something, uh, e uh, they, they have invested in an innovation and mm -hmm. you haven't. Mm -hmm. And this is what is happening and all those innovations, they're coming with all those vendors and you have just to learn how to adapt them. So maybe our... Our key for success is that key how we are differentiating this and for success mm -hmm. is that we're learning what what's the innovation. Okay. We are seeing the market because not of them are applicable. We mm -hmm. know the market, we know the businesses. And based on this, we are trying to adopt those innovations and to tailor them to the to the client. Mm -hmm. And it requires a lot of uh, sales, psychology, mm -hmm. uh, discovering business models, challenge the client challenge yourself, and then when everything is ready, then you go with IT. So mm -hmm. it's all somehow, it's very hard to distinguish. Which, it's all connected. So you first talk basically to the business leaders and to the business units, and then you go back to IT, and then you start speaking about the integration and the implementation of the technology. Yes, you the... first talk with the business okay. leaders. You're not, okay. It's not like uh, buy this. It's mm -hmm. first, what's your needs? What's your problem? Uh, you're not competitive. Your competitor is doing this, and you're not doing it. Still, so it's uh, a lot of listening. It's a lot of listening, listening yes, okay. in order to understand where exactly to bring the value. Mm -hmm. Because when you go with a client with a whole portfolio, yeah, it's a huge portfolio. You're talking about millions and years of working with the client. But the highest priority is where the clients actually, they, they really have a, a conscious need to improve something. Yeah. Or something is happening on the market and they're behind and they need to to, 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 to improve it. And this is what's, what's the main goal. I mean, mm -hmm. to understand and to find 
the place where they, where is, where they need value. And you know, in the very beginning, when we started the company, it was very easy. Now it's getting more and more difficult because all the companies, they are mature organizations. All the entrepreneurs, they go to the same events where we are going. They're reading the same books. They are, it's, mm-hmm. it's all connected. Now they have ChatGPT. And uh, it's getting more, very complex when you go to the client and the client is a very well-structured, mature organization with nice culture, with the entrepreneur is a very smart guy. It's All of them are like this, mm-hmm. if they are still on the market. But when you're going, it's very hard to find the place where you can add value, mm-hmm. which is, again, a new challenge or a new excitement. So you're very excited how in such a well-structured organization to find exactly how you can deliver value. So we are still, uh, we're still doing it. We're doing it well. It mm-hmm. means that you need to read a lot. Uh, you need to have a lot of experience talking mm-hmm. with the same clients and uh, having the experience in the industry yeah, to find where to... is this piece in order to deliver value. I guess you have to top your game all the time. Uh, but I'm also curious because you probably have a very good overview of the state of digital transformation in, in, the, in the domestic market, in the local market. Where are companies right now? Um, especially because I live in a bubble. <laughs> I live in the bubble of the startup and the IT industry, but I, I've been always thinking that there should be like huge opportunities of um, companies going through digital transformation, which are in the traditional sectors. And you work with some of them also in manufacturing, real estate. Uh, okay, financial services is usually much more developed. That's clear. Uh, pharma is probably also a bit more transformed at this point, a bit more digitalized. How does it look in the other sectors? So it's it's a matter how you, how we define this digital transformation or digitalization. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, I was very because when you are automating process or you're implementing a near pure CRM solution, it happened like 30 years ago. Started yes. this business or even more, then it's a kind of a digital transformation. You're starting automating your processes by mm-hmm. digital technology. Yeah. Uh, I, I, a little bit, uh, digitalization for us at the moment means that you should reconsider your business model, how mm. you make business, and it should be with the new digital reality. Not just to automate process or to implement these tools or to use chat GPT and so on, mm-hmm. but your business model should rely on these technologies. I mean, uh, for example, if you go 20 years back or 30 years back, everybody was selling when you go to the booth and you buy. Mm. On the online trade was not it was not existing. It was just phone t- phone trade, but there was no online trade. So like you can go and click. Now I buy almost everything online. Mm. Just twenty years ago, it was uh, after the crisis. Uh, everybody said that it's very very sexy, but it was again before the market was a little bit uh, well we can thank to the pandemic actually to speed this process up yes, by the way yes yeah. exactly this process speeded up speeded up a lot with the pandemic but the all the organization was the way how uh, not only collaborate but the way how they're dependent on technologies to improve the business models and to reach other markets other other audi- uh, other audiences or to service better their existing clients. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of making the model. I mean, uh, if uh, the best way was to call on the phone and say, well, I bought something, it doesn't work. Now the best model is to go on a website and check and the artificial intelligence much, much be much more uh, uh, responsive and much more uh, uh, smart 
because mm-hmm. of the huge knowledge of requests to support you faster. And you should utilize this model and if you want to increase the customer satisfaction and so on and so on. What I found very curious at some point, I was li- going through some materials from uh, Gartner, I believe, um, that gave like uh, statistics that before a company, a business engages with the sales representative of, let's say, an IT consultancy or a technology provider or whatever, they would check at least five sources online <laughs> about you know this company. So the power of decision-making is um, now moving more and more towards the end customer who is going to buy the technology. And I wonder how this is also affecting your line of work. So um, do you think that somehow you know consultants become more obsolete or you know res- less relevant? I wonder also can chat GPT replace your work? Absolutely. Yeah. What makes like a good consultant? Can you? <laughs> I think chat GPT will be the best consultant. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you think so? It's again a challenge okay. because you have to challenge yourself not only against your competitors but also against chat GPT. So you have to prove <laughs> that you're better than this technology. You have definitely to use it. Yeah. You can. You have to step on it and to add value with it. Uh, okay. I mean and. Uh, and if you don't use the technology, as everybody saying, you you will be out of the business. Do you Whatever have cons- the technology. Hmm? Do you now? Do you have now consultants who are using yeah, that in order using, to prepare for? Yeah, absolutely. What? We're using okay, it. So you're we're blending using, it we're using it a lot. It's okay. a very smart technology. It's this technology is really smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the only thing is that the experience, which is not documented experience, mm-hmm. is something what a consultant could still sell. Uh, because if you document the experience and you put very strong, very very smart AI on top of it, then they will be better than you because they can dig and they can think on a lot of mm-hmm. uh, different scenarios. Mm-hmm. And uh, But again, uh, this is something what needs to be documented and it might take several years. So all these systems, they're going to learn from the experience. I mean, when you write a book with your, your life, what I said now, then it goes automatically to all these engines so they mm-hmm. can really select the best approach for specific client. But even when we are communicating now, mm-hmm. all this can be translated from speech to text. Then again, goes in these engines and they are learning a lot. So the whole knowledge, the whole in, uh, inventions and everything, what is documented with face recognition mm. and uh, object recognition, speech to text technologies, understanding speech, it's all be there. And these engines will become really smart in order to, to prepare and to create and to take decisions on top of you. And I see our job, uh, and we are still now experiencing this in, uh, in the consulting, is that our job is being more like an editor than a creator. I mean, it mm-hmm. creates, but you have to edit it still. Okay. Uh, and I think that this is the main value uh, what the consultants and the IT specialists will add in the future, that they will show the direction exactly, mm-hmm. and they can shape what it creates in order to go in this direction, okay. which is, uh, well, a new challenge as well. Well, the, a lot of jobs will be will be out, including consultants, implementers, programmers, and so on and so on and so on. But I think that it will create more and more opportunities because it will bring it to the next level. When you show the direction, you shouldn't go and dig and learn and 
go through all the big books, solve complex tasks, and so on and so on. You show the direction, you see the result, and then you shape it in order mm-hmm. to, to achieve it. Okay. And this will be our goal. Now, if you want to create an email, you say, okay, I want to create an email towards this client, which is like this client, and I want to position whatever, and it creates really a smart email. I just put a few sentences here and there, and it goes. Ready to go, yeah. Hmm. I wonder then in this regard, um, by the way, because we did also a video with you, <laughs> which, which turned out to be very, very nice. Um, let me find it. What did you say there? You have this hashtag cool people, right? You know, yeah. a team of cool people. Tell me, given the fact that AI is not going to transform your business as well, how do you hire the next generation of consultants in, in you know, next consult? What are you looking at? What kind of skill set are going to be critical for the next one? So obviously, you value entrepreneurial spirit as well. Especially you in the innovation lab or whatever you're going to call it, you're going to need a lot of that. <laughs> so I'm sure that you can be actually a great mentor there. Um, but how would you raise the next generation of consultants who are going to work side by side with, let's say, um, systems like ChatGPT? Yeah, it's very good, very good question. Yeah, how are you gonna, how are you gonna recruit? We will use the same approach. Yeah. You know, when we were when we were talking, I remember with the entrepreneurship culture. To be an entrepreneur in the company. Mm-hmm. I had an interview with very senior executives for a regional position in one of the biggest uh, organizations when I was still in, it was in Oracle. And they were recruiting me for a big boss of a lot of countries for specific, it was a very big company. And I still remember here in the hotel, there was a hotel and uh, I was visiting the, the, the top executive guy, I passed all the HR interviews. Mm-hmm. And then the guy said, okay, how do you see yourself in the next five years? I mean, the typical, the typical HR questions. Yeah. And I said, I see myself with my own company, being an entrepreneur, having a lot of people. This was the last question they asked me. <laughs> because in these companies, <laughs> if you say it like this, it means that they not invest in you. And uh, they need somebody to work, to work and to be compliant with everything. They don't need entrepreneur, entrepreneurship skills. Yeah. And uh, in, our, in our world, yeah, entrepreneurship is... Uh, something really, really important. And these cool people, I really like it how we branded it together. Cool people, working with cool people, because <laughs> yes. I always believe that good people, they are surrounded by good people. Cool people by cool people. Yeah. And when you when you meet somebody and if he's cool, if he has a good or she has good attitude, yes. and you see that they are eager to learn, they want to challenge themselves, even they have zero skills, they're, they're b- immediately becoming part of our team, mm-hmm. uh, well, they have the opportunity to show themselves. If they show up in the first two, three, six months, I mean, starting learning and performing, then they grow a lot. And it changed a lot of uh, people's lives, I would say. The majority are still working with us. Okay. There are a lot of people who left the company for one or another reason, but we changed their lives for good because they're, all of them, they are in the same business. We learned them, they knew nothing about it, they're coming from businesses which are, which are, they are like servants. I mean, going in the fashion industry and putting clothes on the, uh, in the shops mm-hmm. or selling SIM cards in the shopping mall or whatever. I mean, they were in different industries doing lousy jobs and coming to us, but because of their attitude, willingness to learn, they became extremely good 
specialists and they found their uh they, they are following their dreams mm-hmm. and the good is in the very beginning i was very disappointed that somebody's betraying you when leaving the company and so on i was very disappointed but now i'm thinking in another way around it's very good to be part of the orientation of all those uh, guys mm-hmm. everybody had a mentor everybody had a first step and i'm so happy and the team and all the partners and the whole team is happy now that you come you learn we should uh, definitely make everything possible that you stay with us and if you if you want to go and develop yourself abroad it's great I mean we support you if you if you're willing to do this do it uh, but uh, what the, the positive out of it is that well I help this guy and it's going to return there is another one who will it come is. and we will change it's another like, life it's like you know giving good yeah. karma to the yeah, world good you know? <laughs> karma to the world so I changed my mind I changed yes. my mindset I, I learned it uh, in a hard way I was thinking like Bezos I mean if you leave Amazon then you never will work for it Amazon is <laughs> it is hard especially if you've seen the person grow in your team and um, I don't know yeah at the end of the day I also see those who are leaving us as um, ambassadors for who we are yeah. because they take this culture and they bring it to the next organization. I'm also sometimes even pragmatic and I'm thinking, well, you never know how they're going to become your customer, <laughs> you know, on the other side of the business. It might also end up uh, as a case. Uh, I've been in a company like that before. It was, by the way, uh, a consultancy, an IT consultancy in Switzerland. And those who are leaving the company, they would be, let's say, in a BI position in a bank or whatever, but they would return and they would use the same tools that we were selling. So (laughs) it was actually a sales channel. (laughs) Absolutely true. Yeah, it's true. I have a lot of examples like this. (laughs) But even when I go to work to to your direct competitor, it's again positive that, that, well, this... They are developing their, they are uh, actually make them, their dreams come true with somebody else, not with you. Well, with us is better, but again, you are, you are the compelling event mm-hmm. of taking them out from something what is not that good and putting them and developing them, investing in them, yeah. becoming your friends. We're like, yeah, it's, uh, it's like a family uh, in our company. We don't have, uh, manage we well we have a hierarchy but it's mainly hierarchy of responsibilities mm-hmm. we don't call our people employees i mean it's, it's like we are all in the yeah. same boat yeah, it <laughs> yeah, is. <laughs> trying to build a community <laughs> <laughs> to hold that together you know this ship together it's very much true yeah i agree here by the way because um you mentioned that a lot of people actually kind of like reskilled from different professions mm-hmm. um I here have also a funny story, and I, I wanted to ask you of how do you manage that process internally at Next Consult. But um, at some point, I started selling something that was called data warehouse and big data automation. And I remember the moment where um, you know someone just reached out to me over LinkedIn, and I didn't respond for a month because I was on a sabbatical, and I was like, I'm not going to respond now. And I need some time, you know, for myself. And after a month, I said, it's actually good to respond these, to these kind of things. You never know what is going to happen. I wasn't sure that I want to uh, work in any way. Um, but then I got invited to the interview. And on the way to the interview, I had to check on Wikipedia. What is a data warehouse? I didn't know. You know, I know it was like a, like a term that I was seeing for the first time. And I said that also at the, inter- at the interview. 
I'm not familiar with, you know, this domain. I have no idea. Um, so I might not be able to sell it. But then I had this very smart boss who said, this is not what I'm looking for. You will learn it. I will help you. That's not the difficult part. What I need is someone who has a, a good sense of responsibility and um, who can work more or less independently than me because I'm very busy. I'm not going to be able to tell you every day what you're supposed to do. You have to be proactive. You have to come up with uh, with these things alone. And it was true. After a year, I was already kind of like writing blogs about, you know, BI automation and, yeah. and so on and so forth. It was very interesting. So what is your experience? How maybe there are people who are watching us or listening to us right now who are in a different line of work. Um, what does it take to reskill for being a consultant, being in IT sales? Well, there are, the, the most important is the attitude and okay. the willingness to accept challenges and to make from mm. a challenge excitement, mm -hmm. not to make uh, it stress. Uh, well, actually, um, we in our company, maybe the majority, maybe 80% of the people, they had different background. Okay. Uh, we started an internship program a few years ago, which we are hiring all the, all the internships, uh, all the people who are coming with an internship program, and they remain working with us. All of but them? All of them, yeah. <laughs> almost, well, nice. almost all of them. Okay. Some of them are using it as, uh, for another step or to, okay. to, to get some more. But the majority of them, they remain with us. And um, when, with the people, when somebody wants to, to come and work for, with us or recommended by somebody or click mm. somewhere on our, some of our campaigns, we're constantly hiring people. We need more and more people. It's very hard to scale up consulting business. You need people to scale. Yeah. And these people to be productive and to be able to charge the client for the services they are doing, they need mm -hmm. years of mm -hmm. this. So it needs a lot of investments. So when, the, when they're coming to us, there are two ways. I mean, if they don't know nothing about it, we said, okay, we're going to learn you. If you, you will understand whether you like it or you don't like it. If you don't like it, shift. Mm -hmm. Do something else. You need to like it. I mean, don't do something because the money in IT are really big. Because you will be always unhappy with it. I mean, you can earn more money if you're happy and you're doing something what, what you're good in. Mm -hmm. uh, so because everybody knows that IT's uh, salaries are very high and so on. But if you don't like it, don't do it. And uh, there are two approaches. So the first approach is that we are hiring them. They start. They start learning. We are helping them. Mm -hmm. And if the the um, the portion of the time they're billable to the client, it means that if you start and you just learn for a month, nobody pays for you. I mean, okay. we are company, the company is paying. If on the third or on the sixth month you're starting having some job directly with the client and mm -hmm. you're partially billable, then your significant, significant, your 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 significant mm -hmm. the contribution of the, our success is getting bigger, mm -hmm. which means that you should earn more money, you are more okay. exposed, and so on. And it depends on this. So you have to sell yourself to the project managers and to senior people that mm. you're very good in what you're doing in order to be involved in more and more projects in order to grow your billability. And the other way around is that. So you make them pitch basically, for the projects, in a way. Yeah, okay, well, it's yeah. going to be great if we do it like this. It's a good idea, but I'm it's sorry. A kind of, they, they, are, they are immediately recognized that they are doing the job. <laughs> they are involved. Nice. And they are, they are getting so much job that it's very hard to get. Uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, 
Or another way around is we tell, okay, we help you. You are work, you're working on another job at the time, or you are still a student, and you want to work and you want to develop those technology. Go learn. We're going to give you all the documents, all materials. You will have a mentor. You are outside of the organization. We're going to support you, train you, mentor you. And when you take this and this exams, there are a lot of exams in these vendors. When you take these exams, which are simple exams, you immediately come with us. Mm-hmm. And these are the best people because they show commitment, dedication, passion about what they're doing. And I would say that these are the top people which are working now in our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one, one guy who was recommended from a friend of mine. He said, this guy is very good. But he was doing another business. Totally different business. Okay. And, um, uh, and I, I met the guy and I really was impressed by his uh, attitude and willingness to learn. He was a, a senior guy, let's say, 30 plus years mm-hmm. old. Uh, and I said, okay, you're good in what you're doing, but it's a complete shift of, your, of what you're doing and what you're good in <laughs> and what you will do at the moment. So you have to go back I mean, start learning, earning less money because <laughs> you're in different. He said, no problem. And I said, okay, you're doing what you're doing. These are the, the materials. We're going to guide you. And one month later, the typical would be like three months later, the guy mm-hmm. came and said, I took both exams. I really love it. I want to work with you. He said, okay, you're hired, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but not only you are hired, we started involving this guy in projects immediately. And he's now one of the top, after one and a half years or two years, he's one of our top consultants. And he's, the clients are actually requesting him and they don't want to have somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) And I have some other examples like this. So if you give the chance and outside of the organization, because yes, I want to learn, Mm -hmm. come train me and I will see whether I like it or not. No, it's better that if you like it, show commitment, show attitude. Show that you really want it, mm-hmm. and it's yours, yeah. <sighs> How do you do it with you? How do you do it in, in, in recursive? I guess we communicate a lot about the mission. So, because we are kind of like, we brought a bunch of people together who want to have a certain impact on the visibility of the ecosystems that we're operating in. And somehow, magically, we managed to attract exactly those who identify with this mission. That's, I think, our formula. And in a way, I guess because both Etienne and and I are very entrepreneurial, if we weren't, I don't think that we would ever manage to (laughs) the pile of work that uh, we are covering right now. I can trust him 100% that he's going to do um, whatever is needed so that we can move forward. And I think he trusts me as well. We wanted to have this kind of culture also with the other people who are on the team. So I think it was very unconsciously, we started hiring people who are very entrepreneurial. But now when you have these people in the same room, then you have a different problem because each of them, you know, is, you know, bubbling with ideas. So they would start throwing that. Let's do that. And let's do that. And let's do that. And you're guys, at some point, we need to kind of... Now I'm the bad person. No. Now I'm someone who wants to bring a bit more structure and who would say, let's focus. Let's finish this project before we start the next one, which is very unnatural to me. I am 
same, you know, I always have like a new pet project and a new passion. And <laughs> I want to start something new. Now I have to not only teach that to myself to be disciplined and fulfill projects till the end, but also teach others. So um, I guess, you know, you need both types of people in the organization. But what I, uh, what I find interesting is that over the years, so you managed to grow the business. I think you became also very successful and, you know, you, you're always asking, okay, what's next? I mean, what is the next um, mount that we're going to climb? But parallel to that, you never forgot to give back to the community. Um, in a way, it's also why we started working together so early, which I'm very grateful to because we didn't have a big track record of com working with companies like yours and you were uh, ready to trust us, you know, in order to support us so that our business, you know, develops further. And uh, I appreciate that a lot. But you also support organizations like Zad of Chess, where I saw you at the, at the last um, bowl. <laughs> why is this, why is giving back important to you? Well, you see our elections, you cannot, uh, we cannot select a government, we mm. cannot select a prime minister, we have uh, a lot of problems in the, how we organize our country, being a consultant, <laughs> a lot of problems, and we're not solving those problems, and because people, they're not voting, and all the people are vote, voting for, they don't know for what they're voting, actually, or they're misled by uh, politicians who are talking what they want to hear, or they buy them kebabchita and kifteta, and mm. they vote. So in order to change it, to change our environment and for our for our children, we should do something for <laughs> what's the next. Mm. And this with Zion of Chas, this initiative is really good. Uh, we were, actually, we were doing, we are doing this in, in a, for in the last two, three years, because uh, before that, we were thinking that, well, we're paying our taxes, we are hiring people, we are training people, we are very good for the community. We had some initiatives, of course, yeah. every Christmas, we present, uh, giving to charities and money and so on. And, but only, but maybe we became more mature and we understood that it's not, it's not possible. You're not isolated. I mean, if you want to have more smart people and to grow and to have a better home, to make it a better home here, I don't want to emigrate at all. <laughs> so I want to make it here to, to run better. So it's another challenge which excites me. Mm. And, uh, the only thing is that you can grow through education. Uh, you have to, yeah. it's the first and then start healthcare, police, whatever. The education is the most important. And then I met those guys with uh, this uh, really brilliant initiative with uh, Zainov Cha. So people mm. who, because all of these organizations for charity, I don't trust them. 90% of them, I don't trust them. I, I think that the money are not going in the right direction. But I saw smart people, very successful people, who I trust, supporting okay. those organizations. Okay. And uh, when I saw it, I said, okay, but... Uh, why we are not doing it? Uh, we, we should start immediately doing it. There are, there are organizations which you can trust, like Zion of Chas, mm -hmm. that they are passionate about what they are doing and it improves. It, it, it can change. Uh, well, it needs a lot of, um, uh, a lot of uh, dedication, but it needs also a lot of money, not just to support them. I support you. It needs money. It needs uh, to uh, help them to find more funds, to acquire more funds from uh, from other companies like us and if I trust them 
people who trust me, they will trust them automatically. And this is the way how it works. Because there are a lot of established organizations on the market who definitely they are just taking the money and not performing and not investing the money in the direction uh, they pretend to do it. So that's why we are we're supporting this, and we're going to continue to support it all the ways we can. We uh, 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 we we should change the education, and not only invest in education and improve the education, but the education should go in places where there is no education at all, or the education is on a very low level. Because if we improve the education in Sofia, in Plovdiv, in the big cities, yeah, okay, we're improving it, but. How to improve education in a small in a small place? There are a lot of talents there. Who, if they have uh, somebody like uh, Theo, like the teacher in from Kazan, look, we work with a lot of those guys. They're brilliant minds, yeah. and because and they say it's all because this guy was in Kazan, look, which is a great city, and this guy actually uh, ignited ignite the fire mm-hmm. to challenge, to learn more, and so on and so on. And these guys now are really. We work with some of the top programmers coming from, from from this school, and if you have more more people like like him in these small places, small small towns, you will have a lot of talent, and we can change it. So that's why I believe that this is the uh, the thing what we we have to do. Do you believe that somehow entrepreneurs, because of their mindset, because of their growth mindset, and not only um, you know sense of responsibility, have maybe um a very important role to play in the way that we build societies i think entrepreneurs often um exhibit the same you know characters that uh, are required to build a successful business they do that also at home and in their communities and um even maybe later on a on a political arena we'll see that but i don't know um do you think that we entrepreneurs are required to do a bit more Especially in, <laughs> in a if you have the skills to to transform, yeah. If you have the skills to to attract other to mm. follow you and to change their life for good, and then these people are changing other lives for good. I think that this is this is the next step actually, uh, because if you are successful and you reach certain level of success, then you should challenge yourself. Yeah, you. You will achieve more, mm-hmm. but there are more challenges and excitements which you can get if you if you make it work not only in your organization but it works also work in another organization and why not in a bigger organization like the country or mm-hmm. Europe or bigger organization you can transform. It's a matter how successful you are. And uh, in Salesforce, Mark Benioff, he's one of the biggest um, uh, charity uh, person in the world. They introduced a model for one one one. So. Mm-hmm. Even they were a very small company, mm-hmm. a very small company. They believed that they had to give back to the society something because it's it's actually coming back afterwards and it it's is. coming back big time. It's the biggest invest. It's the best investment you can make if you make it in a proper way. So they spent one percent of their time, one percent of the profit, and one percent of the product. They give it for charity, Salesforce. Even when they were couple of million dollar organization till a multi-billion organization, they are still doing it. And they're supporting a lot of causes which are very uh, uh, painful in, in the US and especially in California. Mm-hmm. So they're supporting a lot of causes mm-hmm. in order to improve life. Hospitals, education, all kinds of transformations. And it's very smart to 
to grow having this mindset. Uh, so now I have it. Oh, mm-hmm. I used, I, I, I was willing to have it like 10 years ago in order to start earlier. But you, receive, you, you get it at a certain point of your development, of mm-hmm. your maybe maturity. When you're successful, success is going, yes, more success, more challenge, more clients. Every client was, is a success. Every new project is a success. Uh, you learn a lot. But it's also something what is part of the success to, to participate in such organizations. And not just doing it for this corporate social responsibility stuff and so on, just to put it on, on a label. No, it's not, it's not that, uh, this is not important. It's because it's The most important back. is to mm-hmm. do it. If you do it, everybody will see that you are doing it. If you do it in the right way. If you just pretend that you are doing it, you're just one of these companies with the corporate social responsibilities activities where you go to paint benches and so on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like this. For me. So you have to, you have to really to believe. And in the very beginning, we are now a lot of partners. So we have to convince the partners that this is the right cause. That if you invest, if, if we support, if we support them, not only with money, but just to be that to sell to the world that we are supporting them and we trust them, which means mm-hmm. to our clients, our families, that we trust the, those guys. So this is how it started. It started actually two, three years ago. It's amazing. Um, some years ago, I was challenged to, to write a blog, <laughs> which I called, you know, thinking outside of the bubble. And um, I really hope that, you know, we can export this kind of mindset that you're sharing here today. You mentioned growth mindset, but it's also, you know, the mindset of, you know, giving back because it is in the end about making it better for all of us, <laughs> making the pie bigger also so that we can also have more of it exactly. when you invest in education. Um, I was really hoping that um, we will find the ways to take the mindset that we have in our bubble, you know, in startups and, and, and tech scene and export it to other parts of um of, of the economy and also, also other parts of the society. Um, so thank you for sharing that and um, stressing out how important that is. Thank you also for your time today. It was great pleasure to have you here in the podcast and also to share your uh, story. I somehow identify with what you said because <laughs> I went through similar realizations especially as a salesperson i was never really a consultant but uh, <laughs> but now you're an entrepreneur and successful entrepreneur yeah. i still have long way to go but we started it and um, i can say that what uh, what i'm doing now is very fulfilling so i guess sooner or later it will be a success <laughs> that's what i'm convinced <laughs> it's of. you know it's yeah. uh, a client a client told me in the very beginning of my uh, career it told me Orlin, I see the dollars in your eyes, which are coming to my pockets. So, <laughs> this is <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's the value you're bringing, and uh, yeah, and also when we when we met, we are now working for one one year and uh, mm. together. Yes. And you know how we mentioned how we how we saw you. We saw the smartest articles for very complex topics mm. in I don't know where in. The social networks. Yes. I said, wow, wow. Then I thought it's a kind of a international media mm-hmm. <laughs> coming to Bulgaria. <laughs> we have to collaborate because we're collaborating with all the other medias. And I read a few articles and every time I'm reading the article, then I subscribed and I started reading articles about startups, venture mm-hmm. capital and so on. I said, wow, 
these guys, they know what are they doing. Uh, then we met, actually, this is how we met. And, and they're and, Bulgarians, I mean, imagine that. <laughs> and then we started working. We had the warming, the storming phase, and yes. I would say that it's, uh, we are extremely, extremely happy of uh, working with uh, such a professionals like you, sharing the same mindset. You understand, and Etienne, and the whole team understands what we exactly need, mm. which is sometimes cannot explain it to somebody else. And you explain it really very quickly what we need and performing and definitely we're going to continue. You know, we have now a very important project and mm. interesting project together and we're going to continue collaborating because good people, they know good people. This oh my is. God. Thank, <laughs> thank you for saying that. Uh, just, you know, for, for the audience also to mention that I didn't make you say that. That, that wasn't part of okay. any kind of Got script. It. <laughs> <Got> it. <laughs> thank you for saying that. I guess it is all about delivering value in the end. I mean, the way that uh, you understand other businesses in terms of digital transformation and you're always focused on delivering the value. I think we kind of like try to do that on the storytelling part. And as long as we're doing it, then the businesses will grow and it will develop. Absolutely. This is the biggest difference, whether you deliver value mm. or you deliver people. That's the difference with the outsourcing. Sure. You deliver value. I mean, you have to go and to see what's the value, not just to bring you the people, the person who will bring you the value internally. No, I will create the value and I'm going to sell you the value. If you buy the value, then it means that I created something which is unique. If I just find somebody who is uh, with a lot of skills and giving you and you create your mm. value in your organization, I don't like it. So that's why I think the whole this outsourcing bubble, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's crazy because the, the people, they're not entrepreneurs. They, 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 even they are the smartest people, they are somehow seduced by a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And this lot of money, it's actually, they, it, it kills the entrepreneurship in yourself. And you can earn even more money. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, really uh, admiring what we are seeing in, in, our, in our ecosystem that few people, smart people, are able to sell their company for hundreds of million dollars. Mm -hmm. R&D. Mm -hmm. Same people, and well, people from the same community, uh, the first unicorn in Bulgaria for one billion valuated mm -hmm. internationally. Yes. This is value. I mean, if you are 1,000 people and you're selling 950 people without the secretary and the managers <laughs> driving BMWs and so on, and you're selling those people abroad, this is not a business. <laughs> and it won't be, it won't make us competitive. In the end, we must transition to an economy that is uh, value add, that is yeah. based on innovation. And the way that you do it also is by raising and nurturing the people in such a way that they are prepared to do innovation Absolutely. and not, um, you know, prepared to just, you know, deliver you high margins on body leasing. I mean, come on, what, what's the innovation and here? It's even, I mean, foreign company is coming in Bulgaria, mm -hmm. making a center for recruiting people and selling them abroad. <laughs> this is crazy. I don't understand why these people are working for these organizations. <laughs> really. <laughs> Company from, uh, let's say, former Russia or whatever, coming here, making an office, a recruitment, putting them one together and selling them abroad. Wow. <laughs> I really, I really, I suffer for those people who are working for such company. I really, I really regret them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to comment on that <laughs> because it's becoming very concrete. Anyway, yeah. it's been fun. Thank you, Orlin. <laughs> Thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> In the next episode of the Recursive Podcast, 
Саша Безуханова, the founder and chairman of the board of MoveBG. С кратко интро за теб. <laughs> което беше много сложно този път, защото ти просто имаш много роли. Ако има някакъв казус, мисля, че би било даже забавно да ме поправиш в последствие, защото някакси е разбираемо в, в твой казус, в твой случай. Ам, и да, ще говорим за The Story Behind the Story в общи линии. Нали не преразказваме твой път, ами по-скоро искаме да покажем как разсъждаваш и майнцета mm. и съответно нали, aspirations, които ти имаш за за средата тук. И естествено ми се иска да отбележим и 10 годишната, така че <laughs> това беше и повода, в който се замислих, а сега е много подходящ момент да те поканим. Та така. <clears throat> е, сега ще направя една клапа, само да... <laughs> така. Възможно да не се справя първият път да прочета всичкото, но имам още една камера, ще гледам там. Няма да се справяш. Нямаш много Ми Това ми е позицията, нали? Да, да, да. Не, аз така че си стоя тук. Да. And if you are just as passionate about innovation as we are, hit subscribe for the Recursive Podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We're everywhere.